Welcome to our first ever podcast of Recipe to Success. Today I'm honored to be sat down with the man himself, Fabio. He's the owner of many restaurants and lounges. He's built an empire and I think there's no better way to really start this podcast. We're actually away from the studio today as well. We're in one of his um, lounges called The Bank. And I'm honored to say that, you know, he's one of my friends, but also a mentor um, and also just someone that I learned a lot from. Um, so Fabio, welcome. Thank you for being on the show. How are you doing today? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm actually truly honored and humbled that you are here uh, at the bank, uh, newly refurbished Shisha Lounge uh, to do this podcast. I'm honored to be part of it. I'm honored to share my journey along with my partners and my life experiences uh, for the first time on the podcast. So I hope uh, we'll have a lot of uh, people subscribing and listening to the podcast and I hope that our conversation would uh, hopefully motivate uh, individuals to to better themselves to reach their target and their goals in life whatever targets and goals they may be uh, but thank you for inviting me uh, thank you for being here and let's get the show rolling excited <laughs> so this podcast is all about sitting down with individuals within the hospitality industry um, people that have been successful, people that we can really learn their story um, so that any young entrepreneurs, if they want to learn from it, they can take something from it. Um, but also just to kind of show how you got here because people think it was very easy to do. People think they can just do it overnight. Everyone wants to get a restaurant. Everyone wants to get into, into business, but they don't realize. So although I know that most people do know your face, pe most people do know who you are. Most people have visited one of your businesses at least. Um, for those living under a rock and don't really know who you are or don't know your face, um, why don't you give them a little bit of insight of who you are, what, you know, what you represent and what you do? Sure, sure. Well, we can talk for days. So um, I'll try my best to be to summarize and again to to hit home. Um, so again, my name is Fabio, Fabio Teixeira, uh, born and bred in Portugal uh, from mixed uh, Portuguese and Angolan African background. Uh, lived in Portugal to the age of nine uh, and then came over to England in 1998, residing in Reading, Berkshire best part of two years and then came to London um, where I've been located now for the past 22 years um, studied here uh, secondary school college university and I mean to get started on the, the journey to the bank uh, I was in full-time employment um, after graduating from university I was in the mobile phone industry uh, for the best part of uh, seven years worked my way up from a uh, part-time sales assistant, to a senior sales, to assistant manager, to acting manager. And after graduating, had uh, high hopes of going into head office or having my own store, becoming an area manager. Um, so my dream was to always open my own business at some stage in my life. Was fortunate enough to open at 25, our very first venue, which mm -hmm. is where we are right now, the bank. Mm -hmm. um, followed on from the bank, we managed to open. So the bank opened in 2011. Uh, very very stressful time to say the least uh, 2015 we opened uh, Forks and Green which is directly across the road from the bank restaurant uh, beautiful uh, coffee shop brasserie catering for brunch, breakfast and uh, monthly specials and amazing coffee, I mean I'm a coffee lover myself <laughs> so it's great coffee if you're a coffee lover uh, and in 2016 uh, opened uh, Tarshish uh, rooftop dining uh, with a lounge at the lower level and God willing this year, hopefully, a 60 to 80 seater rooftop 
uh, outdoor shisha lounge, which hopefully will be a destination in London and hopefully as successful as the bank has become. Mm -hmm. uh, but my story really uh, starts with, you know, I have a best friend, best friend, business partner, brother. I've run out of titles <laughs> uh, to name him, uh, Jan. And we started this journey together in 2011. Uh, beg your pardon, 2009, when okay. we found this location uh, at the age of 23. A lot of people don't know. So yes, I am 33 years old. Been in hospitality now for eight years actively, but been around business for the past 10 years. Um, was nowhere educated or trained in hospitality. Just gave it a right go, but always tried to be very calculated in the in the methods which of success. We were both raised uh, in the work environment of uh, customer service. Like I said myself, I was in the mobile phone industry mm -hmm. for seven years or so. Uh, John was in uh, banking, again, very customer service driven industries. Uh, so when we decided to open a restaurant slash shisha outdoor lounge, we literally came in just on the basis of customer service. So, I mean, <clears throat> that's interesting to say. I mean, that was a great intro, by the way, um, for people that don't know who you are. But I mean, hospitality is very different to the background that you guys had. Agreed. So... Were you not scared? Like, how did you even think about jumping up? Because, of course, you know, many people nowadays, especially nowadays, they think they want to have a restaurant or they want to have a shisha lounge. And to be honest, a big part of that is because of the success that you guys have had, actually. They look at you guys and think, you know what, we can do it too. But to jump from there to hospitality with very little or no experience at all, apart from the customer service, how was that journey? It was a very uh, scary, yet very exciting journey. Again, I have to give credit to Jan, which I'm sure most have met, if not all. Uh, Jan being from a, a Turkish-Kurdish background, um, they, uh, that particular background tends to always have a fire or fuel to work for themselves. Um, and so Jan was very adamant that he would like to open his own business. I mean, personally, before we even began to think about this idea, I was always looking to open, uh, to carry on uh, in my particular industry, which at the time was mobile phones, get to the age of 28, 29, 30, and perhaps open something particularly small, a coffee shop uh, or a very small 60, 70 seat restaurant. Um, but John wanted to go full steam ahead. So we finished college, university together. And whilst we just finished our final exams, we found this property, uh, which was derelict for 10 years. It was previously a Barclays Bank, hence the name The Bank. Uh, closed down due to an unfortunate armed robbery. Oh, wow. Uh, and left derelict for 10 years. Ironically, we studied 10 meters across the road from the bank. That's our previous school, mm -hmm. oh, the wow. Langham yeah. School, which well, led to Parkview Academy. So we were there for the transition. So it's amazing to be back in yeah. the area. Uh, so we left in 2002, returned in 2009, mm -hmm. and opened 2011. But to answer your question, uh, we were fueled... Uh, with the desire to succeed, we made very, very safe investments. So we saved all of our student loan money that wow. we received, all of our funds for the whole three three years that we were in university. Uh, I was in full-time employment, John was in full-time employment. So we saved a lot of our wages, uh, really toned down our lifestyles. Not that they were very... Um, lavish. Lavish, to say the yeah. least, but kept it very basic, stayed at home with our family. So our parents supported us, supported our journey. Uh, but our desire was to not fail, was to work hard, was to listen to customers, was to perfect our craft. So if our craft was going to be 
uh, Mediterranean food, Turkish food, burger steaks, ensure that we invest in the right team of chefs, taste all the dishes. And by no means, I'll be very honest with you, in the beginning, it was very, I know uh, Bank has become very, very successful, very mm -hmm. reputable, both from a food perspective, service perspective, and shisha and lounging perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't always easy. You know, we had the very, very rocky times in 2011. Bearing in mind, we opened in the heart of where the London riots occurred in 2011. Yes. Whilst we were doing building work, the riots were happening. Really? Yes, uh, a lot of people do not know this. Uh, so back then, we had obviously the Blackberry Messenger, BBM. Mm -hmm. So it was a very stressful time, to say the least. But our ethos always was be humble in your approach, be sincere, be modest, talk to every single player, which is something that is in our DNA, my DNA. I strive to constantly, whenever I'm in any of my venues, to ensure that I at least acknowledge all of my patrons who are visiting us and giving us their hard-earned money to mm -hmm. enjoy um, a nice meal, a nice mocktail, a nice shisha. Yeah. And I believe that big part of hospitality is to be thankful and to approach and acknowledge that patron and thank them for their custom, whilst also ensuring that they are having a great time. I feel that no longer it's, it's enough. I'm not saying it's not successful, but I, I, in my personal uh, DNA that I believe no stone should be left unturned because you may miss a diamond. And I believe that all my patrons, all my veins are diamonds. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I feel a lot more comfortable and confident by taking a minute, 30 minutes, 10 seconds, an hour of my time to go and approach them to double check that everything was absolutely spotless with the food, with the service. Ensure that my team who are working under our ethos that need to represent our philosophy that they're doing their job that my chefs i'm ensuring that the food is great which let's be honest at times we fail mm -hmm. like every business but i believe customers especially nowadays appreciate that even if there is a little hiccup with food or service the fact that somebody whoever being the manager and owner or member of staff has taken the time out to be humble and modest and apologize and hopefully the service can warrant a second visit and i believe that that has been the key to success of the bank being here however long as necessary 15 hours a day 10 hours a day 8 hours a day yeah serving cooking cleaning i mean till this day i still go and i check my toilets and i clean my toilets i take the workload away from my staff i'll take an order i'll go in the kitchen i'll take the place because i believe to inspire your team you need to be a leader and if they see the owner getting their hands dirty and getting stuck in it inspires them to deliver excellence uh, so again, to answer your question, sorry, I can talk for days. Uh, <laughs> it's good. It's, it good. Is, uh, That's what it's all about. I, I believe in hard work. I believe I enjoy it. I don't, for me, this is not a job. For me, this is my passion. Mm -hmm. Even though in the beginning, I never thought I'd be in hospitality, but I grew to love it. And there's no better feeling uh, as a business owner of any sort. I'm sure every business owner or better yet, anyone that's in the career, when you get satisfaction from a customer and you get repetitive business and when you get the same faces and new faces, coming in uh it's it's overwhelming mm -hmm. and it's uh, the most beautiful feeling and i believe that's been the key to our success until till this day i know that's the meme with uh, deontay wilder <laughs> it is a it is an ethos of mine and it's something that i practice as much as i can don't get me i can't do it all the time i yeah. can't be everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah but if i cannot be there i try to train and have the people in place to do exactly what i would do and they do it better most of the time and i'm I, and i learned from my staff so I had no hospitality experience, but everything that I've learned in hospitality was due to my staff, past, current, and sorry, past, 
present, past, present, current. Yes. Mm-hmm. So wow, I mean that that is. I mean I know all of this because I see it. Not only am I, you know, grateful to say you're one of my friends, but I think um, I see this day and day. When I come to the bank, you do see this. Um, but I mean, look, it's been eight around eight years since we've been open. Coming to our ninth. Yeah. Coming to your ninth. Ten ninth. years since you got the property of the bank. Yes. Obviously, a lot of other projects have come in the yes. way. But forgetting all the glitz and glamour, the people, the things that people see, people see it's successful. And you know what? You have done a great job. You've built an empire. And, I'm, and to be honest, I know this because I know you that you're not stopping here. You know, there's always more that you want to achieve. You've got huge dreams, and and you know this is just the start. Almost, you're just warming up. But first day, 2011. Take yourself back. What does it look like? Okay. You open your doors, and oh, everything's oh. in place. You know, you got your you got your seating there. You, um, and everything's ready. What happens? Well, it was again a very nerve-wracking experience to say the least, but mixed with a lot of excitement. Uh, we opened the doors to the bank on the 17th of December 2011. Wow, you remember the date? <laughs> I remember the date. Um, it's it was a Primark Christmas party. Okay. So we did not open to the public. We opened for Primark in Wood Green. Uh, served a mixture of uh, of mezes and dishes. So the, and uh, in the beginning, the restaurant was divided. So the downstairs part was the main dining area, only 50 seats or so. The upstairs part was more of a lounge. Again, the direction of the business back then was try to create restaurant and some type of a late night entertainment having DJs in place but people were able customers were able to go and eat upstairs but the tables were very low very loungy uh, opened the doors and again uh, very shy in the beginning uh, tried to welcome everybody uh, from the Primark team uh, whilst also absorbing that wow this is our business now when, when we punch uh, a drink order or mm-hmm. a food order and then taking that payment from, from the customer uh, it was a overwhelming experience, but it's very exciting. You know, I had butterflies in my stomach <laughs> throughout the whole experience. And the following day, we done our grand opening, so the 18th of uh, December 2011, mm-hmm. to the general public, which was uh, a lot of friends, all of our, of our yeah. friends and family, uh, a lot of the locals. Uh, again, a uh, few hiccups with food, uh, because again, it was the very first day that we tried out a menu. It was a very mixed and wide menu, to say the least. Uh, but again, Everyone appreciated that it was still the first day. We were finding our feet. These are two 25-year-olds at the time that had no hospitality mm-hmm. or cuisine or chef experience. We relied on our very first chef. Again, had the right drive, right ambition, and fed off mining John's energy and delivered excellent food. And he was actually a very big ambassador to what the bank stands for today. It's still most of his menu, even though I've had more head chefs yeah. during my nine years who've perfected uh, those recipes. Uh, but like I said, we uh, very nerve-wracking, but the energy, the drive, the excitement kept us going. And I believe uh, the modesty, the humility that both John and I had and still have captured a lot of our current customers, past customers, and even regulars that we have now. Mm-hmm. And they understand that the bank is and Toshish and Forks and Green is about great food, great ambience and the personal touch of management staff owners without being intrus- intrusive. Yeah. And that has led uh, to our success. But on top of that, you have to give credit credit is due. I have had great staff over my last nine years. Of course, like all, some relations do not work out. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I believe that the biggest 
investment or asset that business can have is your staff if your business depends on staff and not only on yourself mm -hmm. and fortunately my business depends on a team of 20-25 at the restaurant at the bank 10 or so at Forks and Green mm -hmm. 30 plus at Tarshish and if we do not have the right people if they do not feel our energy and our ethos if they don't buy into our vision if they are not satisfied and happy that our restaurants can take them further from a a learning perspective from a career perspective then we wouldn't be here today I uh, personally I spend 60 to 80 hours in my business every week all over mainly at the bank as John and my other partners look after Tarshish Fuxi Green I have my younger brother Maz who's John's younger brother by blood our sister Jainan is at Fuxi Green and the Baron is at uh, Tarshish mm -hmm. and again we've tried to inculcate our knowledge and our desire for success and our hunger for success into the younger generation to ensure that they continuously give great service and train our staff, again, so we don't leave stones unturned. And the public, which again, we strive to please everybody. At mm -hmm. times we cannot, we take that, but we always try to get, take feedback on board and improve, ensure that they get a great, uh, a great service mm -hmm. and make sure that we have the right staff and the right management to do so. Mm -hmm. And that has been our recipe to success uh, constantly being there as much as possible while still balancing your life which I know is a topic that we'll discuss yeah. later on yeah. Um, but yeah that has definitely been the key mm -hmm. uh, the recipe to success, success. and until uh, from 2011 from the very first day until now that hunger and that motivation continues to burn in me albeit at times you need to take a deep breath take a step back align your thoughts and go again because you at times can hear well we're only human mm -hmm. um, but that has been the recipe to success and long may it be Mm -hmm. I think, um, I mean, there's so many things that I can take from that. I started the, the podcast by saying that, you know, one of the things I can call you is a mentor. And it's not always the things that you say to me, but it's the things that you're doing and that I can learn from. Um, and I think one of those things was staff, for me, definitely, because um, for my business as well, obviously it's not on your scale, but um, I realized that you can't do everything. And not only can't you do everything, but... It's the people that are in the brand that make the brand what it is. Um, and really, you have to treat them with respect, but you also have to share that they're part of your vision. You know, it's not just they're working for you and you're going you're gonna to eat the full pie. And uh, it doesn't work like that. And I think one of the biggest problems in, in hospitality is staff turnover. Um, that's not an issue that you have on a mass scale because of the way that you treat your staff, I believe. Um, but definitely, I agree with you. You know, staff is, is key. Um, but... Going back again, you know, um, because the staff obviously came along, the chef was there from day one, and of course you had transitions in between, um, and you learned a lot of things in between. But in terms of the way that you started, I'm assuming that you left your career um, at this point. You've opened the bank, you're dedicated 100% of your time um, to the bank at this point. When did you realize that, okay, Jan, this is going well, we're not going to struggle anymore. We're doing well um, because it, it can go. It can go two ways, especially in hospitality. Of course, um, a lot of businesses they have a great first six months. We were talk, talking about this earlier before, off of the course. podcast, actually. That a lot of businesses, you know, they have a good six months when they first open, and it's inevitable now, especially because um, you know everyone wants to try the new place and everyone's hearing about the new place. But after that, after the first twelve months, even it's very hard to sustain. And so when did you realize that moment, you know, that, okay, we're past the initial phase, 
we're going to be okay. Um, and not only are we going to be okay, but we're heading to growth. To be honest, that's a very good question. And uh, again, the purpose of this podcast is to create awareness and hopefully to motivate individuals to, to pursue their careers or their businesses. John and I made uh, a pact uh, that whatever was going to happen, we will succeed. And if it didn't, we'll close the doors. We'll obviously pay the loans that we took, friends and family that were kind enough to, to help us financially. And then we'll rebuild and we'll try again. We'll go back to working. Two jobs, three jobs if needed to be. That was always the backup. It was never going to fail because we will not let it fail because we will literally, we gave everything and we still do. But in case it did, dust your shoulders off, rebuild and come up with a different concept. Uh, but what we did, because in the beginning, as I said, due to the unfortunate rise 2011, and if you look at where Tottenham was, Tottenham were green in 2011, and where it is today, throughout the regeneration of West Green Road, regeneration of Tottenham now, especially with the new stadium, mm-hmm. you know, we have, in, we have great people in Tottenham. Tottenham has, unfortunately, and I say this unfortunately, carried such a bad name for years. I mean, two riots in a 30-year spam. Okay, it doesn't add reputation, but there are great people here. And in the beginning, a lot of people were reluctant to visit us. I remember very closely uh, a particular customer called from Crouch End and asked if we had parking facilities. We said, unfortunately not. There is pay and display. And uh, she mentioned, I will not pay and display and park in Tottenham, which mm. obviously disheartened us, to say the least, because we believe that we brought a great addition to the area, which was much needed. There was not a reputable restaurant given the type of food that we were in 2011. But business-wise, financially-wise, had John and I committed ourselves to only the restaurant, the restaurant would have failed. It would have failed because uh, you're looking at two individuals, 25 years with direct debits, with vehicles, with insurances, with phone bills that contribute at home. So to take a dividend or a wage from the business would have affected the operations of the business really so you didn't really take much money out at the beginning i i we take we took no money out wow. and what what our story is which a lot of people don't know opposing to friends and family i remained in my in the, the mobile phone industry up until 2013 that's oh. two years after i opened the restaurant so you were juggling them both i juggled uh the mobile phone industry between 9 15 to 6 35 days a week okay uh, John went part-time at Barclays, uh, I remember, a Wednesday and a Saturday. So what would happen is five days a week, I'll be working uh, at the mobile phone shop. Uh, I'll come here at 7 p.m. John will be here the whole day and then I'll relieve him. So he said we'll close at 12, he'll leave at 10, 30, 11. I'll close. And on the days that he was at Barclays Bank, uh, I'll be here the whole day and he'll join me in the evening. And what we did is... We, all the money that we earn together will combine and then we split it um, wow. so that meant for the best part of uh, 18 months or so we did not take a wage uh, the business solely provided for itself paid the rent the rates the staff the meat bills the veg the dry foods the drinks uh, and it allowed us to stay afloat had we uh, taken our own uh, overheads and our own expenses on the bank uh most certainly probably would have caved and that's on the fact that we did not recruit enough staff as well to ensure that the service was going uh, smoothly we actually were the waiters we were the bartenders 
Marsden was behind the bar at the tender age of uh, 16. <laughs> uh, my sister supported us, our mother supported us, uh, John's father supported us. Uh, but yes, we juggled it. We made a decision to continue to work in uh, our careers while still making sure that one of us was always at the business. In the evening, both of us would be at the business. And that was a, definitely one of the best decisions <clears throat> excuse me, that we made to ensure that the business stayed afloat and it did not go into financial meltdown. Wow. That is interesting. I, I didn't. Me. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, this is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. I myself struggle with this. Um, I went through a period where, because the, the the status entrepreneur nowadays has changed. Of course. You know, uh, although I'm only 23 um, now, I've always known I wanted to be an entrepreneur since honestly since the age of about 12. Believe it or not. Um, I knew where I wanted to be. At the time, I didn't know what business I wanted to do. Um, and along the way, I started pretty much everything and anything, all these little, little online businesses, right? Sure. Um, and eventually, I, I led up to the business I have now. And for a long time, I was similar. You know, I didn't take wages out, yet I paid the staff. The average person does not understand that. You know, they think, how are you the business owner? You're paying other people but you can't pay yourself what's the point of having a business and I tried to explain to them that look the staff is what's going to keep it up in the service industry it's all about the people and I can't physically do everything do I want a wage of course especially if I'm going all out and I'm not working elsewhere or, or, or what, what, what it may be but I had to make a decision that if I really wanted to grow my business I had to pay staff but I had to I had to take cut off my income, which was hard. You know, it was difficult. But now where I am is a lot better than where I was. Of course. Um, and well done to you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still not where I want to be at, at all. But I think that's a conscious decision that you have to make. And it's something that people, most people are scared of, you know. How do I survive? And so what do you say to those people that say, I'm starting a business so I get paid myself from day one? Uh, I believe, to be honest, it depends on the circumstances. I think you have to, one has to analyze the longevity of the business and the long, short-term and long-term goals the individual wishes to achieve. Uh, for ourselves, it was always business comes first. I'm not a tennis player, and tennis players still have coaches and physios and dietitians. Uh, I'm not a plumber or electrician where I may rely only on my own skills. This business relied and survives on, on staff, and to me, that is the number one asset that business can have if managed accordingly because it can also be the downfall of the business. Mm -hmm. uh, and for us, it was imperative to get the ball rolling. It's very important as young entrepreneurs, young businessmen, finances need to be learned and managed accordingly. And this is something I'll share with you and to all those that will be listening. Uh, myself and John, and I'll mention myself and John for now, we believe we've always been very successful and very good at increasing business uh, increasing a taking of the business uh, bringing people in we've been we're very social and we come across I believe well on social media channels but a lot of our struggles were down to the finances uh, so on one end you can bring your taking up but on the other end how do you make your business financially stable so you don't overspend on certain things that you don't have to how do you make your menu your staff make you as much as you can without going over the top 
So we started learning how to do, you know, financial forecasts, budgets, cash flow forecasts, uh, break-even points, and really start analyzing each cost to the T. Your meat bills, your veg bills, your uh, your drinks, your dry foods. Who can give you cheaper instead of paying something pay as you go? Have something on a weekly basis. So analyze your taking versus your out uh, your outgoings. Pay your suppliers weekly. Pay your wages, and then you see what's remaining. Uh, don't have careless direct debits. Try to pay everything in one go, and see what really the business is leaving you. And I believe one of our mistakes and we are very afraid for that wasn't a fatal mistake it wasn't that we are living lavish lifestyles because we don't live lavish lifestyles we are very fortunate that and humble to be in the position that we are in now which allows us to uh, cater to our family and our own personal needs and be able to go to some of the best places uh, in the world which we're very thankful and humbled for but again that comes at a cost and that cost is to be on top of your business so we've had to learn how okay we're good at taking taking up we're good at bringing people in we're good at bringing the uh, at the doors being uh, welcoming people in we have very good chefs the food is great most of the time but how do you let your finances work for you and how do you create financial stability mm-hmm. so our formula was a little bit imbalanced but now we learn to balance and uh, it has led to actually reaping the rewards of your business and actually not always accepting the very first supplier that you may have because you may have a supplier that might be charging you 20-30-40% more to another supplier that can uh, that has the exact same quality and it's very important that whatever business one may be involved with sit down every week every day learn your pricing check what the market value is for a case of coca-cola for a, uh, for a loin of beef fillet for example for a bag of onions and challenge your suppliers because at times a lot of uh, owners don't realize that these suppliers will still build a relationship with you they'll start checking out they don't check the invoices we didn't leave a case of coke they didn't say anything and you'd be surprised on how many suppliers actually become well off due to lack of uh, organization and lack of uh, checks from either the owners or management so like i said we've learned now to really be on top of our finances make the trade and make the funds that we get work for us learn how to manage waste and uh, that is definitely key to having a healthy account and finances have a look at your budget. Have a look at your cash flow forecast. Um, don't be fooled by a good taking. Because if you have a good taking with high overheads and high wage turnover and high staff output, then there's not business sense. Uh, so we've had... To, and how do we learn this? You read. You always challenge yourself. I read uh, a lot of... Uh, audio, well, I read a lot of books. More or less now, a lot of audio books. A lot of podcasts. And I'm sure you'll be listening to this one. <laughs> Um, and I always try to re-educate myself because uh, by no means do we know it all. And, and that's the only way you can move forward, uh, not just in business, but as an individual, is to always re-educate yourself, is to always be on top of things and to always make sure that you're humble enough to let yourself aware that you don't know everything, no matter how successful you feel you are or you're told that you are. There's always room for improvement. Uh, so I definitely recommend uh, whatever trade or career, learn your, your craft improve your skills and uh, be the best that you can possibly be because you can know a learning is a never-ending journey you can never have too much knowledge and uh, a key businessman or key i think a, a human being is sharing knowledge and that's what john and i uh, that's the transition that we've made mm-hmm. is pass the knowledge on and try to learn more and pass to the younger generation your muslims your barons your johns your managers 
if they're going to be the best they can be, you need to pass your knowledge yeah. and, and, not, and not hold it to yourself, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, for me, I think one thing I, I definitely learned a lot from you, and I also think that you always do this, is that you focus heavily on your mindset. Um, your mindset is the key to success as well. Um, because although the staff are amazing, although now the business is running itself to a certain extent, you're still here many hours a day. Um, still, like you just opened the, the, the doors, you know. But I think a big part of it is mindset because the, the amount of years that you've got through to and the amount of businesses that you've got to as well, it takes a, it takes serious talent for sure. Um, and although you're very humble and very modest, you know I'm not I'm not embarrassed to say that you know you're you're a huge inspiration Thank for you. me personally. But I think generally as well, I think people love to see what's Fabio doing, you know, what's Jan doing, and how did they do it. But what do you think is the most key thing for you in terms of mindset? I know you love going to the gym, sure, and you love listening to audio books. But if you could narrow it down to one thing. What would you say is what keeps you going? What keeps your mind strong? I've been very fortunate that I've had, I have, I'm very close to my mother, my sister, uh, to my immediate family members. I've got a very small, tight circle of friends that keep me grounded, keep me focused. Um, I've always had a burning desire uh, as, as, a, as a young man. Whatever I put my hands to, whether it be my careers before, Wherever it was when I was at Asda pushing trolleys at the age of 16, wherever it was a FIFA or Pro Evolution tournament, <laughs> wherever it was uh, playing football, I've always been very competitive and I've always strived to be the very best that, that I can be. I also do moan a lot. You know, I was a little bit of a crybaby if I lost. I hate losing. Um, but again, to, to keep it short, I, I have this hunger to succeed at everything that I do. I always strive to be the very best that I can be. And for me, like I said, this is not work. This is my passion. This is my life. I love everything that I do. I love hospitality. I love interacting with customers. I love interacting with my staff. I love turning negatives into positives. Mm -hmm. When I, Of course, uh, it does take its toll. You know, being active now for nearly 10 years, 60 to 80 hours a week, I'm not a, a normal individual. I just sit down. Okay, I do sit down. I do enjoy myself. Don't get me wrong. But I like to be very hands-on. Uh, on top of that, as you mentioned, I do enjoy going to the gym, which is something that has taken its toll over the last few years because now you have free venues. How do you find the time? On top of that, juggling friends and family. Uh, and on top of that, trying to be on top of 60 to 70 staff across all three uh, businesses. But um, I am... I am a focused individual. I'm a, I'm a God-fearing man. I, um, I try to learn from past experiences, from others, current experiences, and I always try to find ways where I can improve myself. And if I'm tired or if I'm down, I try to block it out and not let my customers who, have, who could have gone anywhere and they've decided to come to one of the free venues feel and see how, how I'm feeling that day. You know, I, I motivate myself. I, I talk to myself in the car. I listen to a speech. You know, um, The Rock is one of my uh, inspirations, both from a bodybuilding perspective to a career perspective. I follow him closely ever since I was 12 years old. I used to be a big wrestling fan, by the way. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, so everybody knows that now. And uh, I always see his drive, his ambition, the way he talks on the camera. I take a lot of my social media, um, I won't call it skills, but the way I behave on social media, which is very natural, but I try to see how he behaves and how I can adapt that into our business and my own personal 
account mm -hmm. and again get people to see who the real Fabio is yeah. uh, but there are times where you're low there are times that you're tired there are times that you want to say let the managers take care of it let your partners take care of it um, but you do kick yourself up you hype yourself up you dust your shoulders off you drive here and the moment you open the door and you take an order you see the tickets flying you hear the music you just start getting to the swing of things um, so I'd like to say that my mindset is is getting stronger of course there's been setbacks you know occasionally when your times are hard and you have these stressful weeks um, and perhaps you had a few incidents in the restaurant a few reviews a few customers not happy with the service that she showed the food you can look to feel sorry for yourself and that feel sorry for yourself can lead to many things it can lead to going out excessively um, it can lead to you doing things that you shouldn't be doing or drinking excessively and not to the point that you become an alcoholic, but yeah. to the point that you uh, you lose your freight, your focus. You wake up in the morning slightly groggy. You don't know what's going on. Uh, but this is part of learning. And uh, as long as you have a strong knit of friends, family that keep you grounded, that give a little tap on the head and say, "Listen, you know, this, this is not you. You know, there are going to be trials, tribulations. There are going to be obstacles. Pick yourself up. Let's go on with it. Today's going to be better than yesterday. And make sure again that your customers see that effort." through yourself and through your staff so I'm very fortunate like I said I've uh, I tried to have a strong mindset but I've got a very close near family and friends that really keep especially over the last five years yeah. have kept me extremely grounded yeah. and I'm very thankful for that it's important I think it's important to have a strong support system for sure um, you know I think it's interesting because you, you talk a lot about mindset you talk a lot about um, the business you know it has become your life it is your life um, and it consumes a lot of you I think as well, the challenge that a lot of people have in business is that what they have to realize is that they're human beings. Now, your business is your life, and it should be that way. But there's multiple things going on outside of the business in your personal life, you know, and sometimes it can damage your mindset. It can, of course. It can, it can almost change who you are as a person because sometimes life experiences can mold you into dropping or in a negative way. Of course. How do you deal with that? Because eight years, nine years, you've been in the industry. Of course, I'm sure multiple things have happened in your personal life. You know, good, bad, you know, Definitely. both directions. Definitely. But how do you deal with that? Do you... Uh, I'll be honest you know, with you, Hamza. It's a very important question and one which I'll be very open about. I'm still learning. Uh, ironically, um, a member of staff who's no longer with us, sadly, uh, for Christmas gave me a book, How to Balance your lifestyle um, because as you said yes I am a business owner but I'm also Fabio normal chap normal human being that has a family and I do struggle to balance my life because I do believe I am a workaholic uh, my mother has always said and uh, she always tells me this heroes always fall and uh, the point of that particular metaphor is you can't do everything by yourself you have to at times not let go but be be accountable and delegate. Delegate to your staff. You do have managers, head chefs, supervisors that are here ultimately to do the job that they're required to do. And because I'm very hands-on, sometimes I do too much and I don't let my staff freely express themselves as much as they should. So I'm learning to calm down. I'm learning to still be here, to still do what I do best, which I believe is showing up, talking to people as much as I can, making, making my presence. I believe I'm an energy changer. I believe I can come into a room and light up the room. I, I believe that. Uh, and also, if I'm in a really bad mood, I can also bring the room down, but I try my best not to do that. 
Um, but I am still learning how to balance my life. Uh, at times, I, um, I struggle to see my mother and my sister for days, sometimes weeks, because I believe that I have to be at work and I have to do certain things. My partners always have go, uh, go at me, take it easy. We are here to support you. Give us some of your agenda. So I am still learning, um, but that's my character. Again, I, I, I'm obsessed with ensuring that everything is fine, which you can still do by delegating. So one of my weaknesses, uh, which I will say very openly, is my ability to delegate. I do want to do everything because I believe I can do it the best. But the counter side to that is you should also delegate and see what others can do because they may do it better than you. And you can manage them and coach them so they can do the job better than you and so that you can take time out to spend time with your friends and family so you can go and relax and go on holiday more often or more importantly so I can go to Tarshish and Focus Green more often so I am still learning so I won't give you a full answer because I'm still learning yeah. I still don't know the answer to that question yeah. but I am fully supported by my uh, staff and my partners and I will get there mm -hmm. the main reason I asked that is because unfortunately my generation and the ones younger than me as well we've learned to want things straight away. And we've also learned that, you know, we, we think life is easy. You know, we think that we almost deserve something out of life and that it's just going to come to us. And that, you know, we don't have to work to get to where we are. And I think it's, it's nice that we can inspire people to get into hospitality, but we also have to show them that it's not as easy as it looks. You know, there are a lot of challenges. You have to put the hours in. And that's in any business too. You know, you're not, if you're, get, if you're going into business for the money, firstly, if you're going into business to work less than you would in a job, then business isn't for you. Because the reality is you have to work double the time to take half the wages that you would in a job to start with at least. Of course. Um, in most cases, yes. And it's not as glamorous as it looks like, you know. It's not for everyone as well. There's multiple hardships that you go through, not just in business, but you're having to put a strong face on when things are going on in your life. Um, and I think, effectively, that's how a lot of people crumble, you know. And that's why I wanted to kind of see how you do it. Because although you're learning and you're, you're humble enough to say that, um, you know, at the same time, you have done it for many years, you know. Um, so I think that's inspiring. Thank so you. let's talk about, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the bank. We've talked a lot about your journey getting there. When and how did you decide to expand? You know, when did you think, okay, cool, I've got there with the bank. Yeah. Um, I'm going to open Forks and Greens and, and even, you know, going forward, I'm going to open Tarshish, which sure. is a huge venue. Uh, Definitely. It's become, uh, I, 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 personally, I love the bank. I love Forks and Greens. I love Tarshish. Thank you. They're all amazing restaurants. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend no, and you're here. You. That but genuinely, lot. I honestly don't think I can think of a single place that I would prefer to go than one of your own sites. Thank Sometimes you. I debate, do I like Bankmore, do I like Tarshish more? And there's not even a, yeah, an external, a lot of people compare, external person. Of course. But, you know, the fact, I think that's quite inspiring that, you know, we're debating over your businesses. Of you know? course. We're not debating on another business. Of course. Um, but how did that journey come about? How did you decide to expand? Well, uh, Forks and Green is actually a very uh, funny story, to say the least. So Forks and Green, if, if most don't know, used to be public toilets. And I recall because when I was going to school, I'll frequent and I'll use those toilets wow. when uh, we were going to the park. Um, and one afternoon in 2013, I remember like it was yesterday, John and I 
we're looking outside of the window into our old school and our eyes glazed to the right and John uh, thought fab that would be a nice coffee house wouldn't it a bit of a light bulb moment <laughs> yeah the, John the good thing about John I'll have to give credit where credit is due John is a light bulb uh, he does come up with some great ideas sometimes some really crazy ideas <laughs> but he's he's the man behind the ideas and, um, and again a a great friend and partner to have and a lot of the success that we've both had has been down to him I know he's a little bit off the scenes a lot, a lot of people know or see Jan especially at the bank because again father of uh, two beautiful children happily married so he has to juggle so I'm actually learning from him how to juggle my time mm-hmm. so I've got a very good coach to know how to juggle uh, but yes going back to Fox and Green we saw he saw the opportunity we discussed it made a proposal to Harringay Council which they greatly appreciated uh, it took uh, about a year and or so for it to manifest itself uh, completely knocked it to the ground gutted everything bearing in mind again there were public toilets had to make sure that there was no uh, evidence or leftovers from the from the construction site and uh, built it from scratch because we felt you know we're having a lot of support uh, from uh, a lot of the locals we started to build a name I'm going back to bank now build a name in terms of the burgers and steaks the shisha uh, we started to attract a a different target audience than original so we thought a lot of the mummy stopped coming in because it started getting busier it started becoming a little bit hazardous for children to be here it wasn't child friendly yeah and then obviously we were closed so we opened at three or five o'clock mm-hmm. but there was a market for morning there was nowhere decent to have a, a coffee great coffee or a nice brunch or breakfast so we thought how can we capture the local early trade that we've lost how can we please the yummy mummies they call them and keep the locals happy and uh, give the, and let's be honest it's next to the park we saw hundreds of people walking daily with their children to go for a run with their dogs they had nowhere to to give water to the dogs they had nowhere to grab a coffee there's two bus stops leading to Wood Green and Tottenham Seven Sisters a three very very uh, busy uh, uh, tube stations yeah. and there was nowhere where people could go and grab a coffee or a croissant uh, and on top of that, like I said, the park. So that's how the idea manifested itself. And we were able to turn Tarshish again and the light bulb idea from John into a reality. Uh, Fox and Green, beg your pardon, into, an, uh, into a reality. And we opened that in uh, November, to September 2015, beg your pardon. And uh, I'll quickly summarize Tarshish. I know we'll go into a little bit more. Tarshish, uh, with uh, a friend of ours, uh, we found... Tarshish in 2015 so it was it was pretty much almost the same time so we opened Forks and Green 2015 and we were already in talks to take over Tarshish wow and that and was the the business that I'm sure everyone knows you know took a lot of investment as well it took it a lot of investment uh, Tarshish uh, being made two story high which now will be three uh, with the Shisha Lounge hope, uh, opening hopefully by the next two to three months uh, so that was the planning for that was going on whilst we were opening Forks and Green, and then the Forks, uh, and then after, like I said, once we did find the, the establishment, I actually became part of Tarshish uh, slightly later uh, because of the investment of uh, Forks and Green. And while I was doing at the bank, I was not part of the Tarshish in the beginning. Uh, that was John's concept uh, with a few other partners, and then uh, with my experience and then with my financial stability, uh, I came in as a partner there. 
to give uh, my insight, give my knowledge, my experience, and take it to where it is today. But yes, so you got Bank 2011, Fox Green 2015, and uh, Tarshish 2016. Which one would you say was the hardest? I would always say the first one was always the hardest mm-hmm. um, because we were limited uh, with knowledge. We were still very young. We were 23 when we found, 25 when we opened. Had no idea what we were doing. Paid over the odds for everything that we had. Machinery, lighting. Uh, didn't have an interior designer, so literally we picked everything ourselves and got people just to come and do the jobs on a pay-as-you-go basis. Come and do the tiling today. Mm-hmm. Come and do the boiler the day after. Uh, it was very slow. We didn't have that leadership from uh, from our fathers, unfortunately, or any guidance from any elders yeah. or any close friends that had done similar business. So it was tough because it was just myself and John alone. With support from family and friends, don't get me wrong, but it was John and I alone. Forks and Green, although it was difficult to build due to the constraints of building, it was the first time we built something from the ground up. Yeah, That was tough. But again, we had enough knowledge from a service perspective, menu perspective, recipe perspective, customer service perspective to be able to not make the same mistakes as we did uh, at the bank mm-hmm. and folks and Tarshish uh, we are still going to we're still learning but we will try to take the experience that we had from bank from folks and green and, but also myself and John we love to dine out from the most high end restaurants to the low end restaurants as long as there's good food good service and we always take the great things that we learn whether how a waiter served us how front of house greeted us how a menu looks how a menu is described how the uniforms look, ambience, lighting, and music, uh, candles. So we try to learn from the very best of the bank and other things that we've been to and make Tarshish the ultimate destination in North London with decor, with food, with service, with ambience. But like I said, we are still learning. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, there's no end to knowledge. There's no end to education. But I believe I'll say the hardest, but yet the most exciting was the bank I was just going to say that because although a lot of expansion has happened although Forks and Greens came along Tarshish came along and of course there were other projects you know you're I personally feel that your heart is still with the bank because that's where I feel you spend the most time um, and you're here you're constantly here you know so is that the truth is, is bank is the bank and also by the way guys um, Fabio has finally after years <laughs> of convincing him He's launched a personal brand and it's called The Banker. The Banker, yes. Um, I so, wonder who came up with that. I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> we'll, we'll I'm not taking any now. credit. But... <laughs> but well done. Great name, great name. But um, I actually would have never thought of that. So yeah. kudos to you. I owe you that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, from the personal brand to you being here, would you say Bank is your favourite? I think, I'll, I, think I think I'll be cheating on uh, Fox Degree and Tarshi <laughs> by saying that. I will say that definitely I'm most connected to the bank because um, it's 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 a brand and the and a building that I've grown to love for the last ten years. Uh, I've spent so many hours. I've I've I have blood, sweat, and tears in this place, uh, literally. And uh, I'm emotionally attached to the bank. Do you think it's still? Uh, do you think being at bank still makes you 
feel hungry because 100%. it's the place where you started. Hundred uh, percent. So you don't want to get lost in your success, almost. I, um, if anything, it's actually something that I'm trying to balance more because I believe I give the bank most of my time, if not all my time, that at times my other two venues could do with some of that time. But if I see an unhappy customer, if I see a bad dish, if I see a, a chip on the wall, which there are few, if I see the toilets are dirty, um, if I see a spider web, you know, it hurts me. You know, we had a, an unfortunate fire here in 2015. Okay. Early 2015. I didn't even and, know that. Uh, and it absolutely broke my heart. A very small fire uh, in the Shisha Lounge. And I was in tears. I felt that my really? I felt that my livelihood had ended. I felt like a part of me had been crushed. Um, it's almost like a family member getting hurt. It, it is, honestly. You know, bank has uh, provides for us, but bank for me, bank talks to me. It will tell me I feel like you are bank. I would like to say I'm a I'm a big part of the bank. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, you know, I not, uh, I of course try, other people involved. I, I, but. I know I give the bank a lot of my time and a lot of people associate the bank with me because um, John and I were together and John became obviously a family man. He passed me the torch to look after the bank on his behalf with his input, of course. And of course, he's dealing with things. And he's dealing with, uh, obviously, he's always behind the scenes. He's always supportive. uh, And me relieving him from service mainly because obviously he's John's still here his spirit is here yeah and we need um, him on the next show well, definitely next he'll be here yes <laughs> he was actually upset because I didn't tell him till yesterday that yeah. we were here so he actually uh, pulled my ears uh, but he like I said John has for me how it works John is the John has always been the idea John has always been the light bulb he will give the ideas and I execute the ideas that's why yeah. we're such a great team mm-hmm. not to say that I don't have ideas myself yeah uh, but uh, I, I support his ideas his ideas excite me and when he says let's go with this idea I run it well and, uh, and I make it happen and that's the beautiful chemistry that we have uh, but yes I'd like to say that right now you probably say yes I am the face of the bank along with Maz I'm bringing Maz up more uh, to one day take over because we do have other potential venues this year that we'd like to be involved with and of course I is, it, is it an exclusive? <laughs> it is an exclusive um we're just about to exchange uh, head of terms and uh, have the lease, but it's not signed yet. So when we do the next podcast with John, yeah, <laughs> hopefully in the next uh, few weeks or months, I'll release the destination and the location. Uh, but I don't, I don't have disclose it just yet because it's not 100. percent Yeah, of course. But hopefully it will be a huge hit and success, just as the bank Tashish and Foxy has been, because the exact same amount of love. Uh, ethics, ethos, work drive, work ethic will be in that venue because uh, I will not open something if I cannot guarantee or give 100% of myself in some way, shape or form. Fabio, I have a question for you. Please do. And it's something that is always on my mind. You know? Okay. And it's something that motivates me heavily is that you've achieved all this success yet you're willing to clean the toilets, yet you're willing to change coals on a shisha. Which honestly, I can I cannot name anyone that would do that in the in you know in hospitality that I personally know. Not to say that they don't exist, course, but it's very yeah, rare. Of course. How do you honestly stay so humble? Genuinely, because you've seen so much success. You are you are this show. You are you are giving the recipe to success. You are successful. You know, and maybe you won't even say it yourself because you're so modest. But genuinely, how do you stay so humble? How do you stay? 
how do you stay with your feet yeah. firmly on the ground? No, no, that's a great question. Uh, I'll say a lot of that I have to give credit to my mother. Um, very humble woman, very hardworking woman, uh, midwife. Um, and she's always taught me that there's no better quality for a, a human than to be hardworking, honest, humble, and to lead by example. And I've always been this way ever since I opened back 2011 until now. I have absolutely no shame or embarrassment to take a plate to a customer, to clean up after a customer, to change a call for a shisha uh, customer, albeit they may be 10 years younger than me, 20 years older than me, more successful or less successful than myself. Um, sometimes I'm spoken to in a, in a disrespectful manner. Sometimes people think you're just uh, one of the Sometimes soft. people think I'm <laughs> But honestly, uh, I take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, I know it's not personal. Uh, and I strive to be as nice as possible. And when individuals that perhaps behave in such ways that they probably wouldn't, when they realize, oh, wow, that was the owner, by the way, that served me, they think, oh, well, I shouldn't behave like that. But you shouldn't behave like that regardless of who's serving you. Uh, but honestly, do not mind how I am perceived. Uh, I clean my toilets. Like I said, I cleaned them actually two hours before you arrived. Wow. I checked my toilets because... Um, I like to keep my feet firmly on the ground, as you mentioned. Uh, and for me, I've always believed that if possible, and I'm not saying that this is a must, but I'll give a great example. I dined at a restaurant uh, a few years ago now with a, a former chef of mine. I won't particularly disclose the name of this restaurant because there's no need to. Yeah. But we didn't have the greatest uh, meal. Good service, but the meal wasn't great, which can happen here as mm -hmm. well. We have to be humble and take it. We can't please everybody, even though we try. Uh, and myself and my chef was was talking. Didn't really enjoy the meal today. Not really a great experience. May not come back. Uh, albeit the service was okay. At the end of the meal, so I paid paid the bill, paid the service. I believe service should be paid, not because I own a restaurant, but because did they go above and beyond from a service perspective yeah, to ensure that I had a, a great time. Um, but the owner came up to us at wow, the end. Okay. After the bill was paid, he recognized you. Or he didn't. No, he didn't. This was we were talking about two, three years now. Oh, okay. And uh, and he asked me, "How was your meal and how was your experience?" I said, "Look, I'm a fellow restaurateur. Didn't particularly enjoy this particular dish or that particular dish for this reason, that reason. I wasn't being negative. I just gave my constructive feedback, which I, he asked me for my opinion, and I gave it in a very humble manner." And at the end, he apologized and he thanked me for his feedback. That's why I always welcome feedback from my customers. That's why I am always available. That's why I talk to everybody or I strive to acknowledge because I do want to know. I want my customers to be uh, confident and to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? To be receptive that it's okay to tell a restaurateur or a waiter or a manager of your experience because there's no other way that the restaurant will learn or the chef will learn. I don't particularly believe that TripAdvisor or Google Reviews is the way to to teach the venue a lesson. I believe a, a fairer way, a constructive way, is to, excuse me, cast it to the manager, to the <laughs> owner. I wasn't particularly happy about this, this, or this, or this service. Let the venue then go and think outside the box mm -hmm. and try to make up for the experience. And by all means, if they fail to do so, go on the attack on social media, go on the attack on TripAdvisor and Google. But I gave that on that restaurateur my thoughts. He then apologized. He, uh, he gave me his card. He says, please, next time you come mm -hmm. in, ask me. I'll make sure that we work on these dishes. 
and he asked me if I was drinking. And on the day, it was afternoon, I was not drinking. I said, I'll, be, I'll have a cup of tea. My chef was finished for the day. He had the beer. And we walked away and we did not speak about the food. We spoke about how great the service was and how nice that individual was to come to my table mm -hmm. and to ask how everything was and to offer me a drink. So it almost changed your experience. It changed my experience completely. I did not leave talking about that. I didn't enjoy the food. I left saying, wow, how nice was that owner? And I took that as a learning curve, even though I was doing that before, but I took that as an opportunity to better my skills. And that's why I speak to my managers, my staff. Do not leave a stone unturned. You may miss a diamond. Mm -hmm. Talk to all your tables. Make sure that you are getting live feedback from your customers. Try to show effort and accommodate whenever possible. At times, it's not possible to accommodate because some requests are very difficult to accommodate. And unfortunately, some customers do go above and beyond to try to sometimes milk the situation yeah but customers are right and you have to strive as a business to do what you can mm -hmm. but i took that on board and hence why i have my philosophy to lead by example to 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 run the show to serve whenever i choose to or whenever i have to if i'm not serving I at least go around uh, i sometimes dress differently i may wear all black i may wear uh, very colorful uh, shirts I may not look like a member of staff because I'm not, but I am a member of the bank. We're all one family. But I introduce myself. I don't want people to think, who is this uh, muscular person with a beard <laughs> asking me how I am? You know, I introduce myself. I'm one of the owners. I will just like to ask, how was your evening? How was your afternoon? How was your meal? How did you find out about us? Welcome. Hope to see you again. And just because I do believe that when somebody of... Not, not a particular category, but with somebody of of authority or somebody of a, of a different position, ask anyone how your experience was, whether it's a manager, general manager. It makes you feel a bit it special. It makes you feel special yeah. because that person has taken the time out to speak to you yeah. when you, you may feel that they didn't have to. But in my book, you have to. And you have to do it from the heart. Customers will tell if it's a script or if it's real. And I believe in being 100% real. And it's I believe it's a key uh, to myself and John and my partners having uh, and reaping the rewards of our businesses and long may it be but again it does mean you have to graft it does mean you have to be here it does mean you have to show your face it does mean you have to have weekly meetings briefings targets sit downs progression plans it's about discipline you know I um, I struggled even though you haven't asked me I'll tell you <laughs> I've struggled with with the word discipline for many years because I did, actually did not understand what the word discipline meant. Especially when you're doing your own thing because you don't have to get up to be at work for 8 o'clock. You don't course. have to be there. You physically don't have to, you know. You can go home early if you want to. You're your own boss. 100%. 100%. You know? I've learned uh, about discipline uh, through John who's a massive disciplinarian. Massive. Uh, both at home, both at work. I've read, uh, I've listened to uh, Will Smith's uh, YouTube documentary on discipline. Great. He's killed it on YouTube. He's doing well. A great yeah. YouTuber. Honestly, he's doing great. Uh, the Rock again, through mm -hmm. his discipline. And various, various people, which again, uh, I don't recall most of their names because when I'm driving, my routine tends to be most of the time during the day. I tend to not listen to any music. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, but I tend to align my thoughts in the morning. I have my coffee. I guess stay on the road to go to work or go to the gym. And I try to listen to something that can inspire me. A motivational speech on discipline. Um, on uh, financial stability, on being a good human, on having good energy, on, having, on attracting, on law of attraction, 
how am I going to be a better Fabio today? How am I going to be a better boss, a better friend, a better son, a better cousin, a better brother, mm -hmm. a better partner? And uh, align my thoughts. And of course, when I'm driving back home or if I'm going to the gym, of course, I listen to different types of music. Uh, but I always try to discipline myself and really learn the meaning of discipline is to have dedication. Yeah. Is if you see a member of staff doing something they shouldn't be, pull them up straight away. Not shout, not swear, not be aggressive, but coach, excuse me, can I have a conversation for five minutes? I did not particularly appreciate how you served that table. You're a little bit too crude. You're a little bit unprofessional. We should serve this way and this way. Is that okay? I'll be monitoring your performance going forward, but let's make sure this happens again. Is that, is that clear? Yes. Move on. If it happens again, sit down again. Maybe raise the tempo. Not shout, not belittle, not swear, but raise the tempo. You are here representing the bank. You're representing me. This is how we aspire to do our business. That's how we aspire to serve. If you are going to be part of this family, if you are going to be part of this vision and this organization, this brand, it has to be this way. I'm happy for you to bring in your own qualities if they fit within our ethos, but if not, it won't be tolerated. If it carries on happening again, you have to part ways. Um, and at times, you may have to raise your voice privately. You don't want to belittle anyone in public. But discipline, uh, whether it's, it's something that is not just workplace related, it's within yourself, mm -hmm. it's within uh, your children, within your sisters, your brothers, your partners. It is about ensuring that you're the best you can possibly be. And if you're a bodybuilder and you have to go through your diet, you have to be disciplined to ensure you follow your diet. If your aim is to lose a bit of weight, to bring down cholesterol, you have to be disciplined about it. And make sure that you don't break down and make sure you stick up for what you believe in. And in the business case, make sure that you do not leave a stone unturned. If you see something that is wrong, you tackle it there and there and ensure that the person you're speaking to understands why you are saying this, but also understand that that will not be tolerated if it happens again, depending on how big a hospital the scenario is. And again, it's something that I've only discovered six months ago. Well, wow. I would let a member of staff sometimes get away with, with something, which to me didn't look like a big deal. But for example, to John, it was a huge deal. So I had to learn just what is your threshold. And the threshold is if anything that you see or hear is wrong, needs to be tackled and uh, ensure that it doesn't happen again. And again, this has been hopefully the key to the success that we are currently enjoying. Wow, Fabio. I could literally sit here all day and just have a conversation with you. Me but too. unfortunately, as mentioned previously at the start, we are in Fabio's successful lounge. We've taken the, the top floor of the Shisha Lounge and it's a busy night. Um, full of customers probably angry right now that they can't get a seat. There are a few waiting because uh, the England game is on. Uh, but it's okay. But, you know, um, we hope you guys understand. You know, we were trying to give you something um, powerful um, that you guys can take something from. Um, I'll just end it with this, you know. Um, what do you think is coming up next? I know there's obviously things that are planned. Um, other than that, what can customers expect? I know you've just done a refurb in a bank. And for all of you guys that have listened and have somehow never been to one or all of Fabio's uh, businesses, the bank, Folks and Greens, Tarshish, please, 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 this is a humble request, please visit these businesses because you'll really understand how hospitality should be. You'll really understand what good food looks like. You'll really understand what amazing service is like. I could go on. I could go on. No, and, you know, this is not me pandering to you. This is me being genuine because my journey 
um, actually getting to know Fabio and uh, him being like an older brother to me started as me being a customer. 100%. Um, and I'm still a customer to this day. Uh, you know, although I do sometimes get VIP service, always. Um, on, you know, brother, always. I still sometimes, you know, I, I, even if I was a nobody, and I'm, I, I know this for sure that if, if I didn't know, um, you know, anyone here, whether it was a staff, whether it was you, I would get the same level of service. Um, it's a place that I rave on about, Thank whether you. that's the bank, whether that's Tarshish. In fact, all of my special occasions happen to be in one of your businesses. You, so you know, my, my my birthdays, etc. So. I would just plead that, you know, you guys do visit these businesses Thank and you. give them a go because it's not just about the owners. Sometimes it's about the experience that you get, but sometimes it's also about visiting a restaurant that you believe in and that you want to see what it's like. And, you know, that goes to just the average consumer. That goes to if you're a foodie, that goes to if you're trying to start your own place, you know. Fabio doesn't is not scared of competition, you know. No. He welcomes competition. Thrive on it, yes. You know, he welcomes it, that. It and keeps you on your toes. If you want to open a shisha lounge in Wood Green, well, you're welcome because Fabio is so talented that unfortunately, you know, you're going to have a pretty hard time trying to compete with him, but um, he welcomes it. And, you know, so we hope that you've gained something from this. But uh, yeah, what can they expect next? Well, as you mentioned, thank you again. And thank you for your, for such, for your kind no, words. No, of course, it's I just am genuine. I truly humbled <laughs> and it's always nice to be praised. But again, I must say that a lot of the credit has to go to staff previous and current staff which we which without i would not learn anything all of my hospitality skills have come from my staff in the last eight nine years um but as you mentioned we have refurbed uh, the bank shisha lounge uh the restaurant will be refurbed along with the corridors and the toilets for the next uh, coming months um Fox and green is still impeccable and we just done an extension uh tarshish uh lookout there will be a new shisha spot arriving in the green over the next you're competing with yourself we are going to compete <laughs> with ourselves uh, and i do believe again tarshish has become a destination and we believe there are enough enough londoners and enough uh individuals from outside london that are craving for places where they feel comfortable confident to eat and drink and socialize whether it's been having a meal or having the shisha and we believe that North London is big enough to have Bank and Tarshish within a mile of each other. Mm-hmm. We were, What I strive to guarantee is always effort from my team members. Uh, it's always uh, real service, even at times if we fail or if we don't uh, meet your expectations. Uh, but that will be coming shortly. Um, myself and John are now uh, thinking of the future as well, thinking to get involved with uh, some charity work. Um, we're now getting involved in uh, in um, real estate and wow, making okay. investments in terms of uh, properties for our families, for our future. We have hopefully one venue which we add to our portfolio by the end of the year, which hopefully the next podcast, <laughs> for sure. which I insist to have uh, John and Maz. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because I do believe there's so many things we could have spoken about today, but fortunately, due to the time we have to, we have to end it. But the next podcast, let's not leave it for too long. Uh, let's have the boys involved. And um, what you see from Fabio and, and the bank is uh, always trying to re-energize yourself, always trying to go that extra mile and always trying to keep up with the very high, very high expectations of consumers in the 21st century with social media 
Um, you know, everything is in the click of a button. Everything can be exposed now in a post or in a story or a review or a tweet. And I think the key to being uh, on top of your game is ensuring that you have the most beautiful venue, hence why we are refurbing, have the most beautiful dishes, well-plated, well-cooked, never compromising on quality, never buy anything frozen, and ensuring that your staff are highly trained, highly ethical, uh, highly diverse to cater to the to the audiences. Uh, because let's be honest, everybody nowadays has such high expectations, and so they should have. If you're paying XYZ for a meal, for a shisha, for a drink, you should have high standards. Mm-hmm. You should have the very best service, the very best surroundings, the very best settings. And uh, I can guarantee you from the bank, Forks and Green, Tarshish, 2019, we will always strive to be better than we were yesterday. Uh, we will always take feedback. And please, to all of customers, past and present, anything that you are happy or unhappy about, Myself and my team members are there to take your thoughts and work on them and to ensure that we can amend the issue and turn the negative into a positive and let that be a learning curve for future customers as well. Uh, and I'm always open to feedback. So 100%. again, thank you so much, uh, Hamza. I'm actually extremely, extremely privileged to be part of this. my very first podcast. I hope, and won't uh, be your last. <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it touches, motivates all listeners to believe in themselves. I believed in myself when I was 23. I shoved everything and put trust in my partner, my best friend, my brother. And fast forward nine years, here we are. But I always have a plan. As I mentioned, we worked 15, 16 hours in separate jobs to make sure we made ends meet. Make sure you have a good tight circle of friends and family to keep you grounded. And make sure you constantly learn, you constantly read uh, others' experiences, the highs and the lows. And always remain humble and modest because there are no better qualities in life. As a, a business and as an individual, people respect and buy from real. Real means real sees real. Mm-hmm. And I hope that all the customers that we had, past and present, and new customers will see that everything that myself and John do is real. 100%. Uh, and if we've ever upset anyone or let anyone down, which I'm sure we have, I'll take this podcast as an opportunity to, to apologize. Or on our brand and on our behalf, on my partner's behalf, uh, no offense was ever meant, uh, and hopefully we can move on and everyone can give us another chance into ensuring that whatever happened was a one-off, mm-hmm. and uh, they can come and enjoy uh, some good food, good drinks, and good shisha, or a good breakfast or flower wire folks agree. And he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's too humble. Most people would never have had the bad experience at one of your businesses, but. Um, it just shows the level of care that you know he has even to this day to every single customer and Thank you. you know I, I can vouch for that you know every single customer is valued at one of at any of his businesses um, so don't ever feel like you're not valued when you do Thank come you. to the bank Tarshi your forks and greens Fabio before we end for anyone that listened to this podcast and was inspired by you I think everyone would have been um, where can they follow you or check you out or your brands so we have the bank page uh which is the bank, the main page, where you'll see lots of stories on food service and shisha. And you see occasional um, professional situations where I'll have a snap myself or Jan or Maz. Of course, you have uh, Tarshish London, uh, at Tarshish London on Instagram, at Forks and Green for the coffee shop. My personal page is The Banker, so the bank with an ER at the end. Which you <laughs> somehow came up you with. You don't have to keep giving me credit. Well done, well done. <laughs> and um, 
there you see some funny content. Uh, you see a lot of gym uh, scenarios where I'm there, when I'm driving, when I'm going home, where I'm eating. You see a lot of uh, my personal side, Behind the which scenes. paints my story, which at times I feel businessmen need to be cautious with, uh, not businessmen, everybody actually, that has a social media status and a profession. Sometimes need to be cautious what they post on professional pages, on business pages. But at the banker, you'll see funny side of things. You'll see sad things as well. Whatever it has hit me at that particular moment, which I feel I should share uh, to the to my followers, because it's a representation of me or how I am, how I'm feeling, or what I can do, or what I should do. And uh, anything that I share is to touch somebody, to motivate somebody, or to make somebody realize what they have, uh, to respect life, to respect the elderly, respect your parents, and live live each day thankful that we are breathing, that we are fortunate to be in the country or in surroundings that we can have food on the table or we can have the nicest well clothing or some type of clothing because there's a lot of people out there that are suffering and have worse means than us and they're still happy and thankful. Uh, so my page is a is a is a broader. Uh, is a broad option is a, is a pathway to seeing what I feel what I represent and get to know the real me really so yeah if you're interested definitely go check him out go check and, it out uh, and um, you know he's only getting started with his personal brand after pushing him a lot I'm yes, sure a lot have, of people have pushed have. him but um, you know I definitely have wanted to see that myself um, so yeah definitely go check him out I hope you guys have enjoyed the first ever Thank episode you. of Recipe to Success um, I don't know how we're going to top this on the next episode, but I'm sure you, you will. Know, there's, we'll definitely... there's phenomenal <laughs> restaurateurs out there. We'll definitely sit down with uh, Fabio and we'll definitely uh, convince Jan and Maz to come on, on, on the podcast next time. Don't forget to subscribe we're on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Do, do subscribe to us um, if you enjoyed this piece of content. We've got plenty more. Um, I'm personally just getting warmed up, so. Uh, my aim is to really give you guys as much value as possible, whether that is in the hospitality, whether that is being a young entrepreneur, whether that is being in business um, and all, you know, everything in between. So do support um, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.